accounting firms are now starting to develop products around the NSRS standard. They are actually developing advisory services, which is a good sign. Hi, thank you for choosing Nordic Innovation Forecast, a podcast produced by Nordic Innovation. My name is Nils-Johan Halvorsen. In this installment, it's all about circularity and sustainability. The past four years, Nordic Innovation have been running a program called Nordic Sustainable Business Transformation. The project goal was to lift circular economy and help make business from circular and sustainable strategies. This podcast will shine a light on some of the work that has been done and work that still is being done to shift businesses across the Nordics to a circular way of thinking and doing actual business. In this episode, we are talking to... My name is Hans Ellefsen. I'm Head of Technology and Innovation at Reinskap Norge, Accounting Norway. I'm currently working a lot with the new standard, Nordic Sustainability Reporting Standard for SMEs. So my name is Thomas Zimmermann. I'm the head of our Sustainable Finance Advisory Team at Swedbank, where I work daily in trying to help companies, mainly corporate customers, to understand how to leverage the sustainable finance market and the products that are out in the market today to further and uh, sort of increase their transition to sustainability. And in order to achieve a higher level of sustainability and basing our economy, our consumption, so to say, on a circular model, we need to know what businesses are doing, how they are doing it, and if they are doing it in the same way we need comparability. So in order to know these things, there must be reporting and preferably to make it understandable and comparable globally, it would be nice if the reporting was standardized. And we'll get into that in a little while. But first off, to start off, Thomas Zimmermann, how do you in the bank guide your customers to place their capital in sustainable, circular and and greener economies? Today... uh... I would say the sort of the biggest thing we can leverage as a bank is, of course, sort of incentivizing our clients and customers uh, through our offerings to, to choose or select more sustainable ways of conducting their business. And of course, we can support in that journey by building awareness, uh, doing, you know, spreading information about sustainability, uh, also, by our own sustainability analysis that we do on our clients, we can understand sort of what are the material risks and also the, the key business opportunities when it comes to the sustainability domain that they could potentially mitigate and, and tap into. So I think that is our contribution to that. Uh, but obviously, uh, we are in, as I mentioned previously, in desperate need of comparability between companies and data and transparency in order to understand where are they going and can we trust what they do? Because that's another point as well. I mean, I've been working with sustainability for the past soon to be 15 years and data and transparency has always been a key part of that. And, and, and sort of also, uh, credibility of data. And that's why external assurance is so vital. And we, you know, I don't think we would trust a, a financial report with, without a financial uh, sort of uh, external assurance statement today. 
And why should it be different when it comes to non-financial data that is critical to the sustainability transition? So I think, again, coming back to the data and transparency and credibility of this data is is so important for the transition to happen. Which paves way for Hans Christian Ellefsen from Regnskap Norge, accounting Norway. Hans Christian, how do we create, how do you create a standard reporting system for these key uh, stakeholders uh, in a new field, which I feel the things that are reported on are developing simultaneously as the how to report. Yeah, that's right. Uh, There are some global initiatives at the moment, uh, especially in the EU. The EU Commission has uh, given EFRAG uh, the job to create a common standard for use in the EU area. And a part of that is the SME uh, uh, sector as well, but they are looking into that in different ways. And we also have IFRS Foundation with their ISSB initiative, which also will be a global standard. So I think that we are now from many hundreds of standards looking into maybe uh, narrowing this down to more couple of uh, uh, dominating standards and hopefully that will help in harmonizing how to report and how to structure this. And uh, uh, I think the the difficult part is that all all types of industries exist on this planet. We, we have so diff- many variances is how do you conduct business? So in creating a standard, one of the most uh, difficult parts is actually to make it industry specific. So to catch the essence of the business. So what we can do with a standard is to kind of make a baseline where you have the, the common issues within the the, the, the ones, uh, one things you need to report on, uh, but you need industry-specific uh, issues on top of that. So creating a standard is really difficult. And when we work with the NSRS standard, we, we had another problem was that it should be scalable for SMEs because SMEs cannot report on every uh, aspects of sustainability. It's, it's quite a huge task. So we needed to select quite uh, rigorously down to the core what is really important for the common stakeholders and typically stakeholders are the customers uh, suppliers banks and employees and such so so we really needed to have that in mind in order to to uh, get it right but it's you know it's this balance between uh, having a lot of information and uh, letting SMEs start reporting on something, you know, it, we we always needed to take this into consideration. So, I would say that creating a standard is really hard. <laughs> uh, honest words. Uh, and why why would there be a need for uh, uh, an own uh, Nordic uh, standard, as you mentioned, the NSRS? Uh, why can we not agree on a global standard? Yes, uh, well, it's scoping. First of all, we we are Renskap uh, Norge, SRF Konsultana and Tal in uh, in Norway, Sweden, and Finland. They are part of the Nordic uh, Accountant Federation, and it was a natural point that we wanted to, to combine the three accountancy uh, associations in 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 creating a Nordic. 
project. There are some uh, aspects in the Nordic area that are uh, common or a bit different amongst, uh, or one thing especially is the social aspect of sustainability because we have a very highly regulated uh, law uh, regarding social conditions and working conditions and payments and equality and such uh, in the Nordic region. I am aware that we, we are importing a lot of goods from, from outside the world, but this, uh, this uh, Nordic area has some aspects there. And also we have a lot of green energy as well. So, so we have a good standing point in the Nordic area and it was maybe easier to start there and uh, have in mind that it should be expanded further on. But uh, obviously our goal is uh, for this not to be only Nordic, but to, to look outside our uh, borders as well. Now, to illustrate the importance of knowing what you're doing, and by knowing, doing more, we are going to the central part of Norway, to a typical Norwegian SME that has evolved into a sustainability example for others to follow. My name is Art. Uh, I'm the CEO of Sifa. We are a, a small company in uh, Serbu, uh, located uh, right outside the Trollheim. We are um, 45 employees, a mechanical company uh, based on producing and forming um, sheet metal. In 2017, Sifa needed to expand their operations in order to win and deliver on a contract with Siemens supplying compact substation to power plants. The small business built around 2,000 square meters of new manufacturing space, including a new powder coating facility. A facility that needs heat, lots of heat. And in the construction and design process, Sifa made the untraditional choice to go from gas heating to electrical heating, both from an economical perspective, but also from a sustainability point of view. The access of electricity is stable and solid, so it's not a risk. Uh, and it's also it's a sustainability point of view, it's a lot better. So we won uh, that contract, it's uh, eight years contract and um, 60% of the criteria of the contract was uh, of course price, 30% of the criteria was uh, technology uh, and the last 10% was uh, sustainability and that uh, we only have electrical, uh, electrical heating and only electrical. So making the sustainable choice have made the small manufacturing company more competitive but it has also resulted in more awareness amongst the employees. We also have experienced that uh, the focus uh, of the employees in the factory is uh, changed a little bit. Uh, they see uh, that, that this will give the, uh, our company, SIFA, uh, we will be more competitive. Uh, we changed from uh, diesel trucks to electrical trucks. And then some of the guys Maybe we should try to sort it a little bit better or scrap metal. Uh, it's easier for them as well. The best part, uh, if you see, it's the bottom line was increasing due to the fact that we got a lot more paid for the scrap metal. We also see that we have won a lot of contracts, uh, long-term contracts, and uh, the late latest years, uh, and the focus uh, in media, but also among the customers, our suppliers, is that uh, sustainability is really important. And if you 
don't have sustainability in your focus, you will not be uh, able to win any contract. It's really important. Uh, and when the employees see that the job they do, the focus they have, uh, had re- resulted in uh, long-term contracts and that the company is growing, it's um, a kind of safety that they know their their job is safe and uh, and we are doing well. So um, it takes time uh, from the first decision uh, to maybe go for a, a, a more expensive solutions in the first place. Uh, and it takes many years before it pays off. Yes, the initial costs may be higher, but once the ball starts rolling, in addition to all the aforementioned, Sifa has also installed huge water tanks that accumulate the surplus heat from the powder coating process. This is then used to heat both offices and factory. And as you probably understand, CEO of Sifa, Arndt Utnes, has no problem recommending sustainable choices. Uh, of course, uh, I would say yes. I, I, maybe I should say no, because then we are in a better position to win contracts. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, of course, uh, I think that's uh, to be or not to be in the future, uh, because we see the global perspective and uh, not just uh, in Norway, but uh, all over uh, the focus on sustainability will be higher and higher and higher. And uh, when it can combine it uh, with uh, to, to increase or to 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 better uh, to the bottom line and to earn more money and to be more uh, competitive, I would say a big yes to that question because uh, we see now we used a lot of money in the in the first in the beginning. But you need to spend money to be able to earn money. Listening to Arnte Utnes, uh, Thomas Zimmermann, uh, how does a business like Sifa turn the actual good and right things that they are doing into credible leverage in the capital market? That's an excellent question. Uh, I think... Again, coming back to this uh, concept of transparency and comparability and, and the narrative. So uh, I believe it's, it's vital for the company to really uh, be able to explain in a credible way to the capital markets, sort of what they're doing, what the implications are, and sort of what the business model and profitability looks like. And getting that out there in order for the capital markets to be able to look at that compared to other options that they have for where they want to place their capital, be it uh, sort of as an investment or a, or a financing uh, agreement and, and really, you know, promote it uh, in the best way possible to attract financiers to their model. And, and. In doing so, uh, Hans Christian, uh, reporting, and it, it sounds a bit boring, doesn't it? Reporting. And we hear a lot about people receiving reports, making reports, but uh, is, it, is it possible to, to explain how important it is to, to have a, a, a valid and a trustworthy report when it comes to dealing with an issue like sustainability and circularity? Yes, I think that the main objective of the reporting is is making you accountable 
for your targets. You know, you really have to show the world uh, what you're thinking about sustainability. Uh, you have your targets, but most important is your your journey towards the targets and actually making a status of uh, how. Where are you uh, on your journey towards more sustainable business models? And so I think that reporting is fine, but it's it's not the most important part. It's it's like CIFO that they really changed their business model, they changed their behavior, and uh, and they uh, they account for this, so to speak, in in the reporting. So so I think that reporting is a way to show the uh, surroundings. But the most important part is that you really redesign your business model and that you behave in a different way uh, in order to be more sustainable. So I think that uh, reporting is just a part of the whole, but it's it's an important part because you really need to be accountable towards the, the surroundings and your stakeholders. And Thomas, are you uh, in Swedbank, are you able to... Uh, I would say push uh, these stakeholders in the right direction by giving sustainable sustainability advice or or does the money go where the money wants to go? I mean also that that's a sort of a layered question I would say. Uh and it has a a, a layered response. <laughs> so it's uh, obviously the money will always go where the money wants to go. The question is what criteria is the money using in order to understand where it's going? And this is where sort of transparency and reporting comes in and becomes critical, right? Because, you know, if you speak a different language than the rest of the capital markets, uh, it is likely to assume that you will have more difficulties in attracting that capital than if you're speaking the same language as the capital markets and that a language that they can fully understand. Hmm. And uh, again, we are we are talking about a, a standard of reporting, and specifically uh, NSRS. Uh, and uh, I have uh, someone had g- given me a quote, Hans Christian. You said that uh, a standard it's not a standard if it's not used. And how uh, PT is the usage of NSRS going? What we're seeing is that we we had. Uh, when we developed the standard, we have pilot companies that tested the uh, the standard. Uh, the pilot was uh, conducted in different ways, you know, all from desktop uh, testing to to real uh, testing, and um, so we got some feedback there uh, on how the standard would work, and we also made some amendments during the pilot uh, phase. But we, when we just introduced this, you know, this uh, last autumn in 2021. So, so it's really now in a phase where we are uh, making uh, the standard known to the the marketplace, and uh, want so many people to use it. But if we look at the three associations that uh, are a part of the the NSRS system, they their members are doing the accounts for one million SMEs. So through our membership firms, uh, the accounting firms, they can reach out to a very large number of uh, SMEs. So so the thing that we are doing now is that we are educating the accountants to start talking about sustainability with their clients and uh, start to discuss uh, the importance of him reporting and then uh, through this channel, uh, market the uh, NSRS as the one possible standard that they can use for for SMEs, and so so it's you know we we 
from three associations, we reach one million SMEs. So that's the way that we want the standard to evolve. But it's very early stages. So many are now testing out. Uh, also, Reinskap uh, Norge, we are doing it on ourselves, uh, obviously. Uh, but uh, this is still an early stage. So what we have is an NSRS board that will uh, get the feedback from the marketplace in order to make uh, adjustments and amendments to the standard to make it uh, more usable uh, to develop this all the time. So, 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 so at at the moment, it's used by uh, you know so, uh, a number of companies. But what we see as a positive sign is that accounting firms are now starting to develop products around the NSRS standard. They are actually developing advisory services, which is a good sign that this is important and that it's not only about the reporting, I mean, it's also about the advisory services that the accountants can give to their clients. Hmm. And uh, Thomas, uh, how is the market reacting when there is a new standard being introduced is that something that it's it is it trusted or is the market skeptical uh i would say i mean we could take a comparison of sort of the the battle of the giants that is currently happening on a on, on the global arena so that would be sort of the uh, the discourse around the uh, sort of the the formation of the value foundation and the com, com combination of SASB or the Sustainability Accountant Standards Boards and the IIRC, the Integrated Reporting Council, uh, forming up together to create this uh, International Sustainability Standards Board. And then on the other hand, you have the, the Global Reporting Initiative, which has been around for some 20 years and have tens of thousands of, of uh, corporate uh, sort of... Uh, um, what do you call them? Uh, yeah, members that are using the GRI standards for their sustainability reporting. And uh, these two uh, sort of uh, big uh, community, communities have decided that they will not collaborate in the development of the ISSB standards. And obviously this puts us as the sort of financiers and investors in a spot in order to understand, okay, now it makes, now we need to be able to understand more languages, right? Uh, and we have uh, more difficulty in comparing apples to peers or what have you, depending on what, what the standards are that the companies are using to report. And how can we tell which one is the better one, right? Because this is uh, a big challenge, obviously. So I think in terms of st- standardizations are inherently good, right? Because it, it facilitates comparability and credibility and all of that. But if you have too many standards, uh, you sort of end up with no standard, right? <laughs> So I think the financial markets are all for standardization, but I think also there's a wish from the markets to, for participants to really uh, coalesce and find one standard that they, they all want to use. And then you can, of course, have adaptations of those standards. Let's take, for example, the, this new uh, Nordic Sustainability Reporting Standard. Uh, but I think it's important when it comes down to KPIs and data and metrics that there should be some kind of, of uh, harmonization towards uh, what is globally recognized in order for it to be really uh, extra useful for the participants and also the members that are using the standard. Because, of course, in today's global economy, where you want to attract, you know, you don't really know where sort of what financiers and what capital you may want to attract uh, and are able to attract, I think this uh, sort of uh, a global 
a globally functioning standard is important to really allow companies to really attract as many financiers as possible. You want you want to um, answer that, uh, Hans Christian? Uh, too many standards is no standard at all. Uh, that would be uh, damaging, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's uh, uh, you know, it's we are going towards the right direction because we have hundreds of standards today, and we have now two major projects. So so that's better than three hundred. And uh, what we also thought when we made NSRS that we didn't want to make yet another standard and add to that uh, confusion. So we our standard is based on GRI. Uh, the Global Reporting Initiative, as uh, will be the EFRAG project in EU. So so it's comparable there. So you can actually move from NSRS to a larger GRI reporting standard uh, or the uh, the EU uh, standard uh, in a pretty easy way. But, it, you know, it's it's a journey and we are moving towards the right direction. Two, two majors are better than one. And I compare this with the word that we had in the accounting uh, languages, which uh, was IFRS and US GAAP, that was fighting for many years uh, to have attention on the financial reporting, and IFRS uh, finally won. So I think that we may uh, move towards that same battle, and then one of the standards will actually be the most dominant one. Uh, obviously, the uh, ISSB project is global, and uh, the other one is uh, for European uh, Union. So, um, you know, uh, we never know who wants to, uh, who wins. It's the better one, and it's the one that the the um, stakeholders uh, adopt, uh, obviously, uh, or like most. So, um, we'll see. Hans Christian Ellefsen from Regnskapet Norge Accounting Norway got to say the last word. Thank you also to Swedbank's Thomas Simmerman and Arnt Ottnes from SIFA. That marks the end of this episode and also this installment of Nordic Innovation Forecast. I am Nils-Johan Halvorsen. Thank you so much for listening. 